please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and hit the bell so that you get notified every time we drop an episode and you don't miss out on anything if you're about to listen please just subscribe you can always you know come back and unsubscribe if you don't like it but please subscribe first thank you do it right now right now hit the button (laughs) let's go Hello and welcome to the Dirty Life Podcast. My name is Dez and I'm here with... Hi, my name is Timmy Tayo, TMT. Um, your friend, your enemy sometimes, an avid reader of history, mm-hmm. an avid reader of the GQ magazine, a menswear enthusiast, a, a pillar of the community. My name is TMT and I'm just really happy to be here with you. I was just... I was just going to ask, like, is there a reason we're getting your biography today? That's not my biography. Okay, is there a reason we're getting this long? My profile. Your profile. I don't know. I just feel like if I'm going to be telling you this much about things that's, that have happened in the past, that you should kind of know who I am. Mm. You know, surface level stuff. Fair enough. Uh, things to know about me. Five fun facts. Mm-hmm. I carry chin chili oil in my bag. Like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> that was so ill-advised <laughs> not to do but to say i think it was so ill-advised to say is crazy like wouldn't it have been cool if there was just like footage of her in a, re- in a restaurant and she brings it out that would have yeah. been much more endearing yeah. than saying it it just mm. anyway speaking about hillary mm. it was hilarious mm. no okay okay Second fun fact about myself. I hate orange flavored chocolate. That's disgusting. And I have to say this because my dad keeps buying orange flavored chocolate things. He has orange Kit Kat. Kit Kat orange. Yeah, it's bad. It's a bad thing to do. He has McVitie's like orange chocolate covered McVitie. Like, mm. What happened? To Does this? he know that you dislike it? He's going to find out. Okay. He listens to this. Does he listen to all of these? No, but my mom does. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, you've embarrassed yourself in front of my mother. That's not nice to know. Best thing about you embarrassing yourself in front of my mother through this podcast is that you've done worse in real life. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I have. Can I tell the story? No, please don't. Because <laughs> then I have to remember it. And I don't want to remember that right now. I'm like remembering bits and pieces of it and I'm not happy. <clears throat> and it involves bits and pieces. <coughs> TMT projectile vomit. Oh my god. He projectile vomited. Oh, in your brand new house. In my brand new house at that point in time. <laughs> Had to be 20. I don't know. Three again, 24 maybe. That was wild. Yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah. We are old, though. That was literally nearly 10 years ago. Wow. Wait, okay. No, I wasn't 23, nearly 10 years ago. I'm 30. Oh, my God. Yes, I am old. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Time does fly, doesn't she? Okay, so today we're talking about... We've done kids. We've done daughters of dictators. We've done sons of dictators. And I'm like, let me just talk about kids of presidents. We've done Chefs of Dictators. No, but you do have your book, and I feel like we need to do Chefs of Dictators. That's right. Yeah, I saw it. You should, yeah. 
I was thinking about it because I saw the book, it caught my eye. I remembered. Mm. We've we've spoken about it privately, but we haven't done it. We haven't done it. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, so this was inspired by tweets. I wanna say shout out to Nas Without Wax at Nas Without Wax on Twitter. Um, who was reposting about Teddy. Can you remember Teddy Nguema? Yeah. From Equatorial Guinea. Yeah. He's like, oh, first time I learned about this guy is from a Teddy Lie podcast episode. I was like, Ted, Alpha Teddy. And it reminded me that there's actually a, a story yeah. about another child of another world leader that remind, you know. Same lifestyle. Well, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's do Are it. you ready for this week's? Yes. Comics? Before we start, have we we've done Ali Bongo, right? No. We in haven't. Detail. No, we haven't. So we haven't played his music before. No. Okay. The next episode is about him. I have something special for you, Brian. You have played. You have sent me Ali Bongo. I've, I've sent his music before. Yes. Okay. Good. Because because you put me through things. It's amazing. I like his music. I want it. Do you like Mussolini's sons? No. Ali Bongo's music was mostly produced by James Brown. But that's something else to get into. They were best friends. Oh. Yes. Well, like, in another episode, there's something to look forward to. Let's get into today's. <laughs> oh, man. There's, there's like a lot going on. Okay. So today I'm going to talk about the sons and daughters of presidents from other places in the world mm. that might make you feel like the sons and daughters from presidents in this place is not so bizarre, I guess. <laughs> Did... This guy take the presidential plane to watch a polo match. He did. And he was greeted by a high-ranking government official. Was it the governor? Was it the governor himself? I saw government official. I saw a man in a big... I didn't want to make any assumptions. I mean, he was he's wearing the conquest or the Conquestia hat. Mm, I think. Mm. Power is power, baby. Power is power. One day on roller skates, the next day on a private plane across the middle belt. Okay, so fact one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alice Roosevelt, who I've spoken about before, mm-hmm. the daughter of Teddy, mm-hmm, known for smoking, chewing gum, and wearing trousers, which were apparently very crazy things to do as a woman in her era. Mm-hmm. Um, known for her dad telling her that you will not smoke as long as you live under my roof. Mm-hmm. And so she climbed the roof of the White House and began smoking from there. Brilliant. Known for having a pet snake that she called Emily Spinach. And she'd carry the pet snake around, wrapped around her shoulder, carry it in her pocket, take it out to parties. And they asked her, why did you name your snake Emily Spinach? She said, because it's it's green, like spinach, mm-hmm. and it's as skinny as my Aunt Emily. Anyways, now that I've given you an intro into Alice, yeah. the fact is that Alice's mother stopped talking to her for years after Teddy died because it was, re- it was revealed that Alice used to organize Teddy's mistresses for him, including the one that was there when he passed on. Died in the arms of his mistress, that his daughter and that was secured by his daughter. Yeah. Okay. Fact one. That's a, that's a hell of a fact. Okay. Fact two. I feel like we're gonna do a whole episode on this one, on this babe. 
the first two people, I feel like we could do a whole episode on the third person. I feel like it's a short one. Mm. Fact two. Mark Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher's son. She had twins, Mark and Carol. She basically acted like Carol did not exist. And she doted on Mark. Have you watched The Crown? No. They, okay. So they both appear. They both appear in The Crown. And, and they're characterized the same way. Yeah. They're characterized a bit um, because he caused an international incident when he did a safari race that he did not prepare for. And he was 50 miles off course in the middle of, of Algeria. He had to get helicopters, <laughs> planes, soldiers. It's a huge search party to find this guy. And it was while his mom was president. Sitting prime minister? Yeah, sorry. While his mother was a sitting prime minister, he has been quoted as saying that the biggest news of 73 was the Falcons war. Mm-hmm. The second biggest story was when I went missing. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, the fact is that in 2004, with a group of friends, including a Lebanese-born Nigerian, so like a, a Lebanese-Nigerian born in Kanu, and a friend from Haru, he organized a coup and the takeover of the of Equatorial Guinea from Teddy's dad. I'm going to say this again. Margaret Thatcher's son, Mark Thatcher, with a bunch of his ragtag friends, including a Lebanese-Nigerian, in 2004, organized a coup, and a coup attempt to overthrow the government of Equatorial Guinea and the president of Equatorial Guinea, Teddy Nguema's dad. And installed what? Okay, you know, and guess... installed an opposition leader that, okay. that was in exile, yeah. Because yeah. they wanted oil. What's number three? Number three, John Adams II, son of John Quincy Adams, President of the United States, grandson of John Adams, President of the United States. Funny father as well, right? Was that a plane? <laughs> Many planes start flying over Equatorial. I don't know. Man. I've been listening to that a lot lately. Um, he was John Adams my founding father. I think he was the, the first president. Of, oh, America of America ever. America. I don't know if it was. He probably is a founding father. Yeah, probably was involved in mm. Tea Party or something. Yeah. Well, he married a, a girl who was originally dating his younger brother and then was engaged to his older brother. And then while <laughs> she was engaged to his older brother, his older brother traveled for work and he quickly married her in the White House. And the girl was their first cousin. That sounds like some real... That sounds real. Okay. That sounds like some real white people nonsense. <laughs> so, your three facts. Like, rushing to secure the incest <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> like, running the pee quickly before people... She probably are caught. I don't... I mean, he, she was already engaged to the older brother, so the incest is no one's issued that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like... There's incest already, and you're trying to circumvent it to secure your own incest. Yes. Your own incestuous interests. Yes. Hip-hop. No, I think that's very real. What was the first one again? Alice Roosevelt. Oh, that feels real, too. These are hard. I know Mark Thatcher sounds real. I feel like I've heard it before. 
I feel like he ran a mercenary group at some point, or he ran with one. The Teddy Alice Roosevelt one also feels very real. I feel like something. I feel like she's just like based off things you said about her, and I like the context you gave. Kind of, the kind of colors in a certain way as the kind of person that would do the things you said she would. The John Adams one, I just feel like. I feel like it's something I would have heard before if it was real. But at the same time, I feel like I haven't heard it because it was probably like a common thing at the time. Mm. To marry one's first cousin, maybe. First cousin? First is crazy. First cousin? I think it's not really. Like same grandpa? First cousin, same grandpa. Same grandpa. Same grandpa, grandma. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I want to go with that as the lie. Okay. I'm grateful for you. I was wrong. For getting it wrong. That's true. The lie is Alice Roosevelt. Her mom gave died two days after giving birth to her. She did not organize mistresses for her dad. The person who actually organized mistresses for their dad is Anna Roosevelt. Her sister? No. Aunts? Nope. That's Emily. Cousin? No, FDR's daughter, another Roosevelt president. Fra- oh. I made it hard, kind of-ish, but not really, because th- yeah. that one is just a very random tidbit in history that Anna Roosevelt would act as her dad's secretary and also, like, My as his first lady. And she would, like, help him in his liaisons with his mistresses. And did she get caught by her mom or so? No. But when her dad died, he was, when FDR died, he was with his mistress in like one of his favorite destination spots. Cuba? No, no, no. Within America, it was like some, I think Hot Springs, Georgia or something. Right. Just, you know, in his retirement. And um, because he was with his mistress, it was going to hit the paper. So she had to tell her mom like, yes, daddy was cheating on you. Um, yes, it was with your social secretary. And yes, I would help him plan these she told her mom yeah and her mom actually did not speak to her for a couple of years after the dad died oh yeah sad stuff man yeah firstborn yeah but that's that's anna she that's just anna for you guys that's just anna like she was a firstborn daughter she did a lot of good stuff yeah she uh yeah like she does you know she did a bunch of good stuff it's a different branch of the roosevelt family Alice Roosevelt, who is the... So Alice's dad, Teddy Roosevelt, was president before FDR was. Mm -hmm. I like Teddy. Teddy has a very dope, interesting story. I love both Roosevelt's, like FDR and Teddy. Teddy's the one who was really sickly as a child and then grew up into like this man's man who was like a hunter. He was big and barrel-chested and mustachioed. Yeah, Teddy was... He was like, they didn't think he was going to make it through adulthood and i don't it, think fdr was supposed to make it i think because fdr got polio as a child no no teddy's different teddy's like yeah so fdr now because i remember like there was a point where his wife was pretty much running the white house right was that him um sh- might be yeah, but i know teddy teddy's like yeah five teddy, teddy is the one who's like off yeah yeah i think he, he was, got shot and yeah. survived he was like he was really really like he was sick. Child. Yeah. Actually, I think I do remember this. I think he had like asthma or something. Yeah, asthma. Or some other stuff. Or some other stuff, yeah. But FDR also had some... He gymmed the sickness away. Like he literally yeah. took sports and moving around so seriously. Yeah. And it was built like a... Like, like a, a South, like a South-South man. 
Wicked for a gossip. Whoa. No. <laughs> but yes, yes. <laughs> the way Tim Turner said no. Okay. We need to talk about Alice. Um, we need to talk about Alice. Alice Lee Roosevelt. Because she had a very tragic life, but also not really. But actually, mm, tragic. Okay. Yeah. So, before I tell you about Alice, like, because those things I said about her, true. She did have that snake. She did go and smoke on the roof. She was a pants wearing. She was a pants maverick of wearing time. gum chewing maverick. She used to like openly like place bets on horses and get photographed, going to go and get money from her bookie. <laughs> she would go out on chaperone, which was oh my gosh, not a thing. She one time on a diplomatic trip jumped fully clothed into a swimming pool on like the ship. You know, then it was ships you used to travel by off the ship. No. Fully clothed onto like a pool on the ship in front of everyone, and then like goaded like a congressman into joining her. And he joined her. Yeah. Yeah. That's a picture. She was a baddie. (laughs) No, not like a, like, not like. Of the time. I mean, she was like personality. Yeah, she had Riz. Well, so one of, she called herself the first female celebrity of the 20th century, Mm. in her own words. What, sorry, what decade is this? The 30s? 20s? She was born in 1884. I think her dad became president in 1900. He became a vice president in 1901 and then the president was shot and killed and then he became president, I think, in 1902. So this is very... He was the world 20th century. one president. This is very, very early 20th century. Um, he once wrote... Teddy Roosevelt once said that I can be the president of the United States or I attend to Alice. I cannot possibly, I cannot possibly do both. Mm. I want to give you some quotes about Alice. Okay. So one of her famous quotes, which she embroidered onto pillows in her house and put on her couch is, if you haven't got anything good to say about anybody, come sit next to me. Wow. She also said, the secret of eternal youth is arrested development. True. And she called herself the symbol of her dad's infidelity. So let's get into a little bit about her life. Because honestly, I love Alice's story. And again, and then we're going to get into the whole who planning Thatcher son. Mm-hmm. Because that guy was just like, first of all, he was, <laughs> he was like not very bright in school. Mm-hmm. And his nickname was Thicky. His nickname changed from Thicky, like, because he's thick in the head, to Snatcher, because he... And his mother... He used to steal? I don't know. He, he just seems like a walking, talking scam of a human being. Yeah. His mother once quipped that he can sell snow to Eskimo and sand to the Arabs. And there's a very huge arms deal that she did with Saudi Arabia that mm-hmm. he made millions from, including Saudi Arabia just straight up buying him a house in central London. But... <clears throat> Let's park Mark because I need to talk about Alice. So, Alice Lee Roosevelt was born on the 12th of February 1884. Two days later, her mother, also named Alice, succumbed to kidney failure and died. On the same day, Alice's paternal grandmother, so that's Teddy's mom, died from typhoid fever. Wow. He was living with his mom. So, Two days after his infant child, Alice, is born, Teddy loses his wife, who he loved dearly, and his mother. It was Valentine's Day. Teddy wrote in his diary, The light has gone out of my life. 
unable to manage his grief. He left his daughter, his two-day-old daughter, with his sister and went ranching for a couple of years in, like, Dakota land or something. Like, he had, like, a cattle ranch. Yeah, Yellowstone. He went out west. Yeah, he went out west. Yeah. He, they were, they're from New York, so he just left his daughter, went out west. Now, the thing about Teddy is that he apparently loved his wife so much and he could not control his grief. So he would not allow her name to be said or for, for her to be spoken about. He named the daughter Alice, though. So they did not call her Alice. Nobody called her Alice. In fact, when he remarried, which we're going to get to, you have an evil stepmother situation coming up. He remarries, he remarries a woman called Edith. She has kids. Even her younger siblings don't call her Alice. They simply call her sister. Her dad calls her baby Lee. And even when she marries and when she gets older, she does not like being called Alice. She will go by Mrs. L or she'll go by something else, but she will not go by Alice. She was not allowed to say her own name. Every time I read this part of this story, because it comes up in a bunch of, it's like a recurring theme. I'm like, why did you have to change her name? If, If your grief was so much, you should have just changed the poor girl's name. Did he name her himself? I mean, I don't know because... Everybody else died in the next two days. So, like, I don't know, maybe they had discussed and she wanted the daughter to be named after her because it was common back then to name mm-hmm. your daughter after you. Maybe the, I don't know what it was, but, like, I mean, she was an inf- she didn't get a choice in this, Sha. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it was his father or anybody else. It's him that named the girl. Mm-hmm. At least it's him that signed that Alice name. Because mm-hmm. two days, like, I'm sure there was no birth certificate by then or anything. This is 19, this is 18, 18. Yeah. end of the 18 caveman really yeah anyways so teddy was in love with this babe edith as a child and then he meets alice falls in love with alice marries her she gives birth she dies two days later then he goes back and marries edith so edith hates alice the dead mom and hates alice the daughter she left behind and this sets alice up for like a tumultuous childhood by the age of 14, Edith used to call Alice a gutter snipe. And she was quoted as saying, My father obviously didn't want the symbol of his infidelity around. His two infidelities, in fact. Infidelity to my stepmother for marrying my mother first. And infidelity to my mother for going back to my stepmother after she had died. Mm-hmm. Her dad was like distant and her stepmom was mean as hell. She was calling this. She once said to Alice that if her mom hadn't died, she would have probably bored Teddy to death by now. Mean? A bit unnecessary, don't you think? Like, very unnecessary. They once threatened Alice with boarding school and she said, don't send me there. Because if you send me there, I will seriously disgrace you. <laughs> That's funny. She said, I will bring shame to this house. <laughs> like, if you know what's good for you, better keep me. <laughs> oh my God. But the exact quote is, if you send me, I will humiliate you. I will do something that will shame you. I tell you, I will. She was. She knew. She knew what scared them, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Most kids that age don't really have a handle on what their parents are scared of. 
So that means she was often, she's probably left alone often and she got to observe. Yeah, like, because, you know, her dad remarried. Edith has, like, five kids or whatever. Those mm. ones are raised, I would say, quite differently from how Alice is raised, mm. you know. She would stress that, like, because of her stepmom's, like, super religiousness, that she just felt like religiously she had to take care of the child of the, that he had with this other woman. But, like, there was no love mm-hmm. there for her. Mm-hmm. And her dad was just, like, also just, oh, you remind me of my dead wife, so... Mm. Poor girl. No, she. There was so her behavior was so bad that there would be like room. Like there was one time that the newspaper said that she jumped on the table at an orgy and started dancing naked or something. But that part wasn't. But that wasn't true. But she used to move mad for those days. Oh yeah. What do you mean there were orgies back then? There was orgies in the Roman Empire. (laughs) She used to like drive men around in her car which was seen as super scandy scandalous she married to a guy who became speaker of the house he was 15 years or i think 14 years her senior his name was longworth something longworth um she only had one child and (laughs) okay she had an affair with this guy called william bora who was a senator Right. And she tried to name her daughter Deborah because she was William's daughter. <laughs> she ended up naming her Paulina or Pauline. Sorry, Pauline. Um, but yeah, they said she had a malicious wit and sense of humor. Girl. She was banned from the White House twice in two different presidencies. I don't know what one time she was banned because well, she. Well, both terms. Whether her dad's two different terms or. No. No. After her dad lost the election and William Taft was coming into the White House, Mm -hmm. she buried a voodoo doll of William Taft's wife in the White House. And they found it. And they were like, This is Alice. This is Alice. (laughs) And you can't come in here. And then apparently she said something that was so rude, making fun of Woodrow Wilson, that she was banned from his White House. Didn't Taft die early? Taft? I don't know. Okay. I don't know much about Taft. Gonna lie. But yeah, she was banned from the warehouse on two separate occasions because of her nasty behavior. Um, yeah, let's see. Sorry. <laughs> One time when she went on a diplomatic trip to Korea with her dad, she got so many like gifts of silk and like jewels and everything that her, fr- her f- close friend wrote a poem titled... Alice in Plunderland. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Lewis would be proud. Hmm? So C.S. Lewis would be proud. Yeah. And as in, like, when she fell in love with her 14... The guy who... Her baby daddy was 20 years older than her. Her husband was 14 years older than her. She cheated on her husband the whole time. Her husband also was known as a chaser of women and whiskey. Yes. Who was not himself, um... A loyal husband, but they stayed married until he died. So, of course, and they were both playing it very much. She was cousins with Eleanor Roosevelt, FDR's wife, Anna's mom. Um, and Eleanor is quoted as saying of Alice that Alice led a life that was one long pursuit of pleasure and excitement and rather little ha- real happiness. Mm. So, yeah. 
that is Alice Roosevelt. When she got married, her stepmom said, I want you to know that I'm glad to see you go. You've never been anything but trouble. She lived a long life. When did she pass away? She was like 80-something or 90-something. Mm, so maybe like the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Like she saw World War II. Uh, she even said she'd vote for Hitler before she voted for FDR for a third term. Wow. And that he basically came from the rise branch of the family. <laughs> she was friends with Nixon. She was friends with Bobby Kennedy. Basically, like, every president would come and kiss her hand. She was like the... You know how, like, everybody goes and visit... She's like Olena Tyrell. Yeah, but I was actually going to say that. You know how everybody goes to go and visit Yardua's mom yeah. in wherever she is, every election cycle. Yeah. That's kind of how they used to run with Alice. <laughs> That's interesting. Like they're like, you don't want to be a victim of her wits, but you also don't want her to not talk to you or not like you. I don't know, but like she was just the, she was unique, colorful, just colorful a, life. A bit of a good luck charm, maybe. Yeah. Did Peter be visit Tiado as well? I have to Google this. <laughs> you look genuinely interested. Yeah. <laughs> because it seems like something he would do. Mm. He showed it. He showed it. <laughs> he showed it. Let me show you the picture. <laughs> oh, this is one. Bro, ancient of days. Wow. Like, they are in her bedroom. Is she sleeping? Can she rest? <laughs> <laughs> Every four years, she's like, here we go again. Oh, here we go again. I'm really screaming at this picture. I'm going to save my thoughts before, you, before y'all come for me on Twitter. I'm going to save my thoughts. Anyways, yeah. So, um, that is Alice. Let's go to Thicky Mark. Did I talk about the other one? I talked about it, right? Which I talked one? about it briefly. The John Adams one. Yes. I didn't I didn't talk about the John Adams one. I'm going to talk about it and then I'm going to go to Thicky. John Adams II was a third generation, third generation presidential child. Mm. Son of John Quincy Adams and grandson of John Adams. However... John Adams followed a different path. He died by the age of 31 from alcoholism. um, And he had a reputation in the country and in Washington as a coward. Because he refused to fight somebody who jumped him. Which I think is just unfair. There's a guy who was an anti-Adams like protester. A guy who did not like his dad. Yeah, And the guy wanted to like deal with him. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not dealing with you. So the guy starts beating him up. And he just like, I guess, took the beating. Yeah. Like he just, he got decked. Yeah. He got decked and then all the newspapers carried it. And they're like, they're decking the president's son anyhow. Well, you know how they're written it. Adams they gets can. trounced. <laughs> in front of Gets walloped. Walloped. <laughs> At the steps of his family home. <laughs> Bro, I know what it was even in the White House. In the what? In the White House, they were decking him inside his own yard. That's crazy. That was crazy. He also battled his brothers, as I said, for the affection of his first cousin. Um, so Adam, so John, his brother George, and his brother Charles, three of them, they all dated their cousin Mary Catherine Helen. Now, this crazy thing about Mary Catherine Helen is that she's their first cousin whose parents died. So she was an orphan and their dad took her in. Mm. And they were like, I see Mary Kate too. 
Mary is hot as hell. <laughs> and first of all, she starts dating the youngest brother, Charles. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, actually, let me be serious. Now, first born son, I go marry. The inheritor. So that's George. And then George proposes to her. But George was seen as a little bit of a failure. Failed at being a lawyer, failed at being a businessman. His dad, their dad was strict. And I think like, from everything I know about like big men, if you're a big man's son Mm -hmm. and you're not like a big man yourself, I just imagine you're going to be a terrible dad. I've not seen any. (laughs) If you're a big man's son and you're not like Mm -mm. a big man. If you are a big man's son Mm -hmm. and you're a big man yourself, Mm -hmm. I imagine you are a terrible dad. Why? Because big men who produce big men are usually like... It's usually trauma they used to produce big men. Yes. Yeah. And that trauma has now compounded. And so your own sons must suffer for it. He was like super, super strict. Anyways, he apparently like he was so strict and his son was so scared of him that when he called him home, when he called the first son home, he called George. Like he was like, I'm about to retire from the White House and you're still a loser. So come and see me. And George got on his ship to head to see his dad. And apparently he was just like, I can't face him. And he jumped. Yeah. And died? Yeah. Ship off him. So it was dead, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the first son, and he's the, also the one who loses his fiance, Mary, to his second brother. Mm-hmm. Does he know he's lost his fiance? Yes. Okay. They invited, <laughs> bro. <laughs> John is like, bros, I won. I'm marrying her. You're all invited. And they were like, we're not coming. <laughs> you want us to come and watch you marry Mary? The love of our, our collective oh <laughs> None of the brothers came for the wedding. Like, yeah. I know. Uh, but then apparently John, like, apparently there's alcoholism in the family also. This mm. is also, so their, apparently grandpa was never far from a flask. Daddy was never far from a flask. And also George and George and John, first boy and second boy. So he also had like alcohol problems, but depression also. Mm-hmm. John apparently has like a lot of like grief and maybe guilt when his older brother dies. And apparently it drives him to have like a severe alcohol problem, which mm-hmm. ends up with him dying at the age of 31. Mm. So he won the girl, but he didn't even, it even like he died. The youngest brother ends up being like the super successful one who has a whole bunch of successful kids himself. Okay. Yeah. At one point in time, they called him to be the president of Harvard and he was like, I have better thing to do. You're calling to be the president of what? Harvard. Oh my god. And he was like, I got better things to do. <laughs> like Nick my like defeat my brothers. <laughs> no, I mean his brothers were well, dead. They were long dead by then. Long dead by yeah. then. Like he has to keep the flag flying. Um Okay, now let's talk about Dickie. Do I just go straight into the coup? Let's do it. Okay. If you've if you've watched The Crown, like you've seen the portrayal of Mark Thatcher, which like I have only watched the, the I think first two seasons or something. I mm-hmm. can't remember. So I don't know if this comes up 
at all. But I don't know. I don't know if the other things come up because he becomes he becomes this guy who just like uses mommy's name. And he's like, a snicker also salesman. Yeah, but like not even like he's actually brokering oil deals, arms deals, mercenary deals. So is he a real oil salesman? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um so but he also was found guilty for this one, so let's mm. get into let's go. it. Okay. So in two thousand and four there was a attempted coup in Equatorial Guinea known as the Wanga coup. Um, in which they attempted to replace Teodoro Nguema, who is Teddy's daddy. Right. Um, and they wanted him to be replaced with an exiled opposition politician called Severo Moto. The mercenaries, it was a coup by mercenaries, not military, <laughs> not anything like that. They, it was a group of mercenaries who were financed by British financiers. And they were arrested in Zimbabwe on the 7th of March, 2004, before they could carry out the plot. All of them, all the financiers and the stakeholders? No. So you had like, so you had two of the supposed main financiers. One of the guys, so first of all, you had like a group that had already gone ahead to Equatorial Guinea. And then you had some that were now loading arms and stuff in an airport in Harare in Zimbabwe who got caught. The main guy who got caught is a guy called Simon Mann, M-A-N-N. Simon is apparently a very good friend of Mark Thatcher. He was a British mercenary who was a former soldier of the SAS. And he owned a company. Why is this funny? Soldiers can own companies too. No, that's not the funny part. The funny part is that... The mercenary company that he was running with Mark Thatcher is called Executive Outcomes. Oh, look, as someone who reads a lot about mercenaries, mm-hmm. most of whom are South African, for some reason, a lot of mercenary companies are South African. Yes. They usually have names like that. They have names like venture capital firms. Executive Outcomes. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> executive outcomes yeah i think it's like yeah so most of the mercenaries on this case also are south african Mm -hmm. but the financiers like the people with the money Mm -hmm. it's mark thatcher and this other guy called eli khalil eli khalil is a lebanese guy who was born in kanu he's like an oil tycoon i'm going to read you the name of five of the most infamous private military mercenary groups in the world Okay. First, we have Wagner Group, obviously. Mm. <laughs> then we have the Olive Group. The Olive Group. I mean, it just sounds like they own Coca-Cola or something like that. Then you have G4S Security. Okay. Those ones are serious. Those are serious. Then you have, what's this other one called? You have one called Academi. It just sounds like a group of I'm schools. Academy. Yes, that's what they're okay. called. They were formerly known as, wait for it, Blackwater. Blackwater has rebranded. They rebranded. Black- <laughs> Blackwater has rebranded to Academy. Yeah, just gave you the big five, the magic circle. <laughs> I was waiting to hear Blackwater. And then I was like, 
I wasn't hearing Black Water. <laughs> and you're telling me they rebranded. Re Even Black Water is rebranded. <laughs> how how dare I not rebrand? <laughs> I met some I met someone like this is freaking hilarious because I met someone at Jet Ski mm -hmm. yesterday. And people were talking about my show, not my other show, um, Untold Stories. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, you know, I can introduce you to this person. You know, are you thinking of talking to this person? I'm like, yeah, we're talking, we're talking about four. And it's like a group of like two guys. And the guy goes, wait, why are they one dancing um, on the roof yesterday? And I was like, at the house party. <laughs> Yeah, yep. that that was me. Life is about balance. <laughs> Can I say? Uh, it's not fair now. Being a babe is actually difficult in these streets. You, come, you mean I can't dance? I can't dance and interview your president. <laughs> you can't. You have to be serious. You have to be serious adult person. Um, before we get back into it, can I give you a list of the five most legendary mercenary groups ever? Okay. You have number one, the 10,000. Okay. The 10,000, also known as Anabis, were a motley assortment of Greek warriors who are contracted by Cyrus the Younger to help out his brother, King Artaxerxes II from the Persian throne. Then you have the White Company. Look Sounds about names. white. <laughs> white Company. The White Company is also like a... Do they make candles? Maybe now. <laughs> Maybe now. But back in the day, they were they were they were basically soldiers who conducted the majority of warfare in 14th century Italy. Okay, they grew to prominence under the leadership of John Hawkwood, an Englishman who had been knighted for his service in the 300s, the 300s war. Mm -hmm. Isn't this sound like Game of Thrones? Yes. My favorite one on the list is, and wait for it, the Swiss Guard. Beautiful. Come on. The That's Swiss guard. The Swiss guard. The Swiss guard. They knew they were elite. <laughs> they knew they were elite. They said this is going to go down. This, The Swiss guard had over a million members. It doesn't even make sense. I didn't even know there were a million people in Europe in the 15th century. Don't kill me. But uh, yeah, there were just a bunch of ex-soldiers and adventurers and they banded together and they fought and died in large numbers in the French Revolution and a bunch of other revolutions. I'm sure they were outsourcing themselves now. Yeah, and now they have a papal role. Then you also have the Flying Tigers in World War Two. Flying Tigers? You never heard of the Flying Tigers? Flying Tigers? The Flying Tigers were a three-squadron force of fighter pilots who fought with the Chinese against the Japanese in World War Two. So, you know. That's beautiful. Just a, bad, a bunch of bad boys playing. <laughs> They're just like, man, let's run this piece. <laughs> I, you know, that's beautiful. Yeah. I, if you, if you were to start a mercenary group, yeah. what, what would you name it? Um, the Bad Old Boys. No. Or like a serious thing? The Bad Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know why I call it. I don't know why I call it. Don't. I just, nothing really beats executive outcomes. Executive outcomes is special. Executive outcomes is uniquely. It's brand intelligence, brand awareness. It is beautiful. Like, I know, I know he knew he hit, like, yeah. I know he knows that, he, he, that one. Yeah, it was like, I kind of ate with that one. <laughs> <laughs> kind of 
You want to know part of why this coup attempt failed? Why? Loose lips. Of course. Always always sinking ships. Loose lips. Always they, sinking ships. Bro. Someone just tweeted, I have the same one foot with people that think pennies can be stolen. I have the same one vote. As in, like, democracy. <laughs> I mean, this democracy, you people. <laughs> That's funny. Nigeria is frustrating, man. No. I don't think pennies can be stolen. Penis. Penis. Don't think it can be stolen. And, and, I, and I think it is because people are not saying that their physical member is disappearing. Yeah. They're saying their ability to use it has been stolen oh they don't mean it's physical i thought it was, i want like because like sometimes I me mean, i don't think pennies can be stolen but like if you bump into me i'm about ogumaka i'm gonna double check they're not saying like i came out of the house with two balls and i'm going home with one they are saying he's not rising i he think so, he, he of people me. think it's a physical thing as well it, what do you mean like they think people can actually steal your physical member by yeah. touching you. Yeah. Like it will just drop. It's you. a real thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not drop, like they will take you with you. They'll just like swipe it off. Like So what like, happens? Like what's left it's there? Just, like Skin? a Barbie. W- really? Kendall. Like straight up. Why isn't there an image of this? I don't know. We live in Nigeria where they are literally take images of things they should not take pictures of. That's true. But we also I just we, feel like you and I, we're not Naira land people. That's Naira land territory. No. If if somebody's member was stolen yeah. and they were left looking Barbie-like... The first thing they would do is not take a picture of it. No, sure. but the crowd, they lynch people over this. I just feel like there should be photographic proof yeah. that his member is now gone. I shall check, Sham. That's all my... I, I agree with you. I'll he check. touched three people and it can yeah. no longer rise. It don't carry on. Check in pocket. Yeah. Bro. Anyways, let's get back to this loose lips attempt by like as a <laughs> two weeks before the coup attempt in early 2004 mm-hmm. the plot was being discussed quite openly including at a semi-public meeting at chatham house like the school no chatham house that international relations think tank that all Nigerian oh, right, politi- yeah. um candidates could yeah. and do pr pr and yeah. interview yeah a variety of freelance intelligence agents mm-hmm where I'm reading it from, they put intelligence yeah. agents in quotes, like they're freelance intelligence agents, right. including a friend of Simon's, Simon Mann, that's the, mm-hmm. the head guy. The head man. Yeah. We're producing regular, oh gosh, because his man. name is Mann. Yeah. Oh gosh. Funny. They were producing regular reports on the planning of the operation. So he was asking his freelance friends, Yo, I want to do a coup in Equatorial Guinea. Like, help me write a report. Okay, can I pick your brain for this <laughs> war crime I'm about to commit? <laughs> really quick, I mean, you have two minutes to spare. Bro, so as a result of this, various governments knew about the plan. They're like, guys, there's some... Some upstarts. There's some upstarts in London. Writing essay... How to overtake the government, Equatorial Guinea. Oh I want to tell you that Mark Thatcher did not go to university. He left. A levels. He left. He left Eton with a couple O levels, and I think wow, one okay. of the A levels. He was known as Thicky for a reason. So this is also not the most brightest bulbs planning this 
this operation i truly love the idea of like a really unintelligent but sort of charming man that is like is he he charming i mean they said he could sell he was really good at convincing people his mom said he could sell sand to the arabs but i feel like every most of the deals that he did she broke it she broke it. Well, her thoughts did. Yeah. And then, like, there's a case of him taking, like, a handwritten letter to, like, some... So, this is a Michael like, Scott. man or something like that. And just being, like... And another thing is, like, so most of the, a lot of the money he made is just, like, they'll be, like, oh, Mark is the middleman. He's just getting a cut out of a deal. It's not like he's... I don't know. He's yeah, not the yeah, brains yeah. behind the operation. Is he at least good looking? I mean, for... A, <laughs> I was going to say for a British man... Because yeah, I've never found Margaret Thatcher particularly attractive, but I've always felt like she could produce a handsome son. son. Yeah, because um, um, he was. This why I cut herself off. Don't worry, she, she's dead. It's fine. No, I mean he was attractive in his youth. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh, yes. Go. It helps, honestly. Being tall and fine and white mm. take you places. You know, I have a theory like somewhat posh. Come on, you're, yeah, you're not good. somewhat. But they, his dad had like the first like baron baroncy or whatever that was created after 1964 or something. Yeah, I mean, Mark Thatcher inherited his father's baronetcy title in 2003. Mm. He left Harrow, not Eton. Sorry, mm-hmm. he left Harrow with three O levels. He failed his accountancy exams three times, so he just gave mm. up on being an accountant. Probably a good thing, right? Imagine him handling large sums of money for other aristocrats or whatever. Yeah. He moved to South Africa in 1995, and by 1998, he was under investigation by the South African government. The apartheid government. 98. Oh, no, no, okay. Is the apartheid still? But anyways, he yeah. was a loan shark. <laughs> <laughs> He was giving, apparently giving uh, loans to like police officers and civil servants and then like chasing them. Oh my God. So he he was terrorizing white people. (laughs) (laughs) He lived in Texas at some point in time where his wife and two children, first wife and two children live. All my exes live in Texas. (laughs) Like I'm George (laughs) Drake. Like I'm Mark Thatcher. Um, but he has been denied an American visa ever since, you know, he tried to overthrow the government. So it's no longer in America. He also uh, had a couple of failed businesses, including like a race company, like a car company. He sold whiskey at some point in time, but he also found the time Mm. to do oil deals, arm deals and plan a coup. So let's talk about this coup again. Sorry, because I... Because I just wanted to know a little bit about these guys. Also, I was sidetracked like, by his brilliance. I was sidetracked by his brilliance and his looks. <laughs> Something else they were doing is that, like, so yeah, they were all going around London talking about this coup they're planning. They were, <laughs> they were crowdfunding a coup. Apart from this, they were approaching oil firms, even in America, canvassing their views on a regime change in Equatorial Guinea. Jesus. Do you know how insane this is? Like you want to get in on this on the, from the ground floor. <laughs> Do you know how insane this is? This is crazy. This, this is, is Margaret Thatcher's son. Like, wow. And also, this is not like 
This is not the. Uh, I found this amazingly cool picture of him. Really? Wow, he looks like a rock star. Oh gosh. I'm going to send it to you. Uh, this is this is the one we have to use for him. I'm sorry. Fair. I'm sorry. So at the end of the day, Equatorial Guinea found out about the coup planning and attempt, and they tipped off the president. Sorry, I said Equatorial Guinea. Angola, mm. Angolan government officials mm-hmm. and probably oil workers found out, and they tipped off the Inguemas in Equatorial Guinea. But like, apparently, a host of other countries might have also tipped them off. Like. Everybody just knew what was going on. <laughs> Imagine the Equatorial Guinea, Guinea government just keep just keep getting calls from different heads of states. Like, you know, these guys are doing this. Like, I, I, they've told me, man. I'll do, <laughs> I'm waiting for them. Don't worry. When they arrested, yeah. So basically, Simon Mann had picked up a couple of guys, mm-hmm. mostly South African men who belonged to they were all they were ex-members of the 32 buffalo battalion a special force unit that fought for the south african apartheid regime so (laughs) he got a bunch of guys who used to fight for the apartheid regime he got a few other white guys and while they were on a runway loading waiting for arms to be loaded to a boeing 727 there were 64 of them. So they had a little small <laughs> force. And they were arrested. They were lean on me. <laughs> lean, mean fighting machine. <laughs> oh you know, I'm sure they had planned this out. And they knew how everything was going to go. Actual movie. But to be fair, like these are actual mercenaries who like had also done other things. They had intern or other... Yeah. Or the, what do you call it? Like Central African Republic mine. Ooh, did a little internship there. <laughs> did a little work in South down in South Africa. Did a little work <laughs> up in Ghana. I was in Cote d'Ivoire that year. Oh <laughs> now it's time for me and my boys to take over a country. Um, fun fact, Carol Thatcher, his twin sister, mm-hmm. was the fifth person to win I mean, Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. So just something for you to take home with. Equally as embarrassing as trying to, no, <laughs> as trying to take no. home my country. Gosh, I feel sorry for like girls who have moms who just don't like them. Yeah, like be like if, if like my mom loves me and like I love her and we still fight because we're mom and daughter. But imagine if she didn't like me. That would be so bad. I would I would be a bad person. You probably have one big brother by now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. People don't talk about, No, I feel like people don't talk about mommy issues. They're always focusing on daddy issues. And I think it's maybe because of the internet or that's what's popular. Yeah. I feel like girls who have mommy issues are way worse. They're like nasty people. Yeah. Also I th- I think everyone fundamentally has daddy issues. That's the thing. Daddy's an issue. No, I I was I was reading somewhere that even if your father is very there and very supportive, mm-hmm. that still creates a daddy issue because you have this sort of warped expectation of men moving forward. You're, like, so you're saying that everyone has to have daddy issues because men are trash. When they're good, they give you daddy issues. When they're trash, they give you daddy issues. When they're excellent, they give you daddy issues. When they're at the bottom, when they're not there, they give you daddy, daddy issues. <laughs> oh my gosh. You see, actually, I brought this up yesterday because... Um, Someone was like, I was talking to one of my boys and he said, Me, you have really stressed your dad. And I said, Naim, because I'm lying on the bongo. 
<laughs> my daddy issue is that my dad has made me super confident. Mm. A lot of people, when I do interviews and stuff, people are like, when she's scared? Or why did you do this? I'm like, I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> but like, I'm my father's daughter. <laughs> That's the only way I can explain this. Like, yeah. my daddy issue right now is that my dad has made me pompous. He's made you him. He has me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not daddy. I don't say like a pompous. I'm, 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 I'm pompous. I'm, I'm here. In, in in order for me for me to be walking, I'm walking around with the confidence of a fifty something year old man who <laughs> <laughs> made it out the booties. <laughs> Am I mad? Serious, <laughs> yeah, man. And they do the cool thing. They, ho- they do the whole cool thing and it fails. Mm. And Mark Thatcher is chilling in South Africa in his pajamas when he comes to get arrested. But it takes them a, it takes them a while to arrest him because they just don't want to arrest Margaret Thatcher's son. You know? It's like, okay, but what forms do we have to fill out? <laughs> like, like this is, this is going to be an international incident because, like, you know, she's Margaret Thatcher and, like, he's annoying. Um, he... Has gotten kicked out of a bunch of countries, but yeah, the coup fails. It was a disaster. The guys, there were like fifteen guys already in Equatorial Guinea. They just carried those ones. First of all, the Zimbabwe government charged the Simon man with arms smuggling. Mm-hmm. So first, he spent time in jail there. Then they now deported him to Equatorial Guinea to go and face charges of trying to overthrow a government. Mm-hmm. The most irritating thing about a lot of articles I read about it is that they were like, oh my God, he's going to be in jail in Africa. I was like, oh, they didn't give him. They didn't give him. He was sentenced to 31 years in prison, but they let him out after like a year or two because humanitarian grounds. Mm. But even when he was in prison, he was allowed wine, he was allowed international phone calls, he was allowed reading materials. He also wrote a letter saying, asking them to send, basically to send bad to help so that they will release him. Mm-hmm. Like he wrote a letter to Mark. He used to call Mark Snatcher. He asked for Snatcher to send some bad. Let me, let me see if I can find the letter because I, I don't think I've, I've I mean, saved it. What did Snatcher do? I think like I think Snatcher kind of pretended like he didn't know the guy again. Okay. I mean, fair enough. He also says like Mark Snatcher first claimed that like he thought he was buying an air ambulance to help the people of Africa, but he was really getting a plane. He was funding the plane that was going to bring the uh, opposition politician in. He said he was uh, what's her name, Doctor Ola. <laughs> no, Tintayo. What's her name? Fly doctor. Like doctor Ola Brown. Do you know billionaires personally? He does. No, I can't remember when she said that. Today. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. She was like, "Do you know billionaires personally?" And I fell down. My like friend. I, I actually fell down where I was. Because Wait, she said that to who? F K Abudu. Like she tweeted it. Out. Yeah, she what? asked FK if she knew. Had FK stopped tweeting by that time? No, this is when FK was FK on oh, okay. Twitter. Yeah. What did FK say? I need to find this. I no, we need to find this. I know FK's reply was funny. It was because you're confused. <laughs> you are confused. The thing is, I actually met the doctor Ola Brown. I was involved in some 
think tank thing where she was there. And um, did she tell you about when she went to Will Smith and Jada's wedding? No, that's you're mixing her up with other girl. You're mixing her up with that blogger girl that hates David for some oh, reason. Yeah. That old Yoruba woman. Yeah. Ola Brown is the one who calls her husband colonizer. And so for a long time, I like, thought like he was white. Affectionately. She, yeah. But he's actually... He's brown. He like No, no, no. He's like, I think he has some white in him. Oh. But he's like black. Like he he's a Negro. So he colonized that. I can't say that. You can't. Even I wouldn't. You've crossed the line. I'm sorry. No, but I need to know what FK replied. Yeah. Remember, do you know billionaires? personally and i was just i looked at that tweet and i was just thinking you know twitter is an equalizer you just meet anyone and it's you like, just meet anybody here you think you're all the same you think you're all the same you know that meme of the guy who's like it's like a party there's a guy in the corner and he's thinking he's you don't like, know i know because <laughs> One amazing thing that my show is opening me up to is the world of political psychophants mm. who love proximity to power more than anything else in this world. Yeah. Like proximity to power, not power itself, yeah. not money, proximity to power, optics, optics. They just die for optics. The people who are like, um, if you know, you know. Yeah, the people who are always, do you know, <laughs> do you know I have a new ick? People who are, um, they take pictures and they're shaking each other's hands. Like, imagine if I take a picture of you and we're shaking each other's hands. Like, why are we doing that? We're, we're friends. Who's taking, so someone, someone, like a reporter is taking a picture of us. Or someone it's, is, is, it's definitely not a reporter. <laughs> definitely not a reporter. It's like, guys, like, I need people to chill. They'll be with their guys. Like, you guys are guys. I know you guys. You're actually just guys. Maybe you people went to go to Transcorp for drinks and you have now stood up shook each other's hands and taking a picture and i think it's the adults do it too the adults i mean i know we're adults but like old people do it too you see 50 old people they're just taking pictures shaking each other's hand why you did not just sign a deal oh my god <laughs> you know did you see that tweet where right? i mean it was like why are guys always saying i'm going for a meeting i'm going for a meeting like chill out you're not going for a meeting but like oh my god you're not why are you shaking hands do you know you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah you're going to vsf to apply for a Schengen visa, it's not a meeting. It's very different. No, you're you're going to Zaza for drinks. <laughs> it's not a meeting. <laughs> oh my god! A picture of Mark Thatcher looking like a snack. Isn't that when they rescued him? Gosh, I don't even remember what we're talking about again. We've gone so off topic, you guys. Anyways, like, I just need you guys to know that it failed. It was the coup attempt failed. The guys who planned it basically go away. Mark Thatcher got to pay a fine. I think of like four hundred and fifty thousand pounds or something. Mm, I can't finish that. Never mind. Never mind. What are you gonna say? I didn't talk about a place. Never mind. Never mind. What are you gonna say? Just like on this age-old tweets where if you go to a part of the east, they're, they're oh, more... if you go to a bar market, there more billionaires there than the whole of Silicon Valley. Yeah. I said something. I was interviewing my next interview. By the time this comes out, I don't care if anybody was like. Anyways, I was interviewing Banky W. Mm-hmm. I interviewed the Etios, I guess. Except Thaddeus. He's not returning my calls. If anybody <laughs> knows Thaddeus, please help me beg him. Anyways, I said something and I was like, it is incredibly easy to weaponize poverty in the poverty capital of the world. 
Fair enough. Um, he acted like I just dropped a hot bar. I love saying things to rappers, man. <laughs> it was like, oh, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> rappers and pastors, and he's both. <laughs> they love good bars. But like, yeah, why? Of course, you like, pe- because people are so poor, they like, but anyways, I've realized I don't know how money works because like, I'm seeing influencers buy Range Rovers. Mm. I just don't grab, man. I don't know how money works, bro. Yeah. I'm definitely like living a fake life. I appear wealthy, right? But like, can't be buying the houses in Ikate that these people are buying. Can't afford a house in Ikate. Yeah, of course. I can't afford a house in Ikate now. I can't afford a house in Ikate either. Yeah, but like people think, because cause I have accents. We can. And I can talk to. I don't think if we pulled together, we could afford a house in Ikate. Maybe one As if we add together. Yeah. They're like 360M. Jesus. What are we pulling? <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, man, people are rich, bro. I guess, like, people you think are rich are not. Okay. <laughs> hey. I mean, you guys, I'm saying I have done something really bad here because, like, I have completely lost where I was in this topic, but you guys get the gist. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher's son planned a coup. He did bad things and bad things happened to him. He planned it with his friends from Harrow and other rich kids in London, and they talked about it so much. They overyanned to the point that the governments in Angola found out. <laughs> Do you know how crazy it is that they were they were <laughs> they were crowdsourcing opinion about regime change in Equatorial Guinea with American oil companies? They're, they're going up to them and like, guy, we think you are running a coup. Yeah, if you guys want to invest, we can. We can run this P together. Can do some really good work together. <laughs> the audacity of a mediocre white man. I wish you guys have a lovely week, and I wish you the confidence and the audacity. Of a mediocre way. Mark Thatcher. Enjoy. Bye.